broadcasting from the Mid-Migration Outfitters Studios. This is the Finding Fur and Feathers Hunting Podcast. How much direction are you getting from the governor? It generates something like $2.4 billion. Government closed the entire hunting season. I don't know, maybe you didn't want me to tell the story on the show, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I I knew you were going to go there. Hey, hey, we we got enough deer around here right now. Now we're going to bring on Corey Lothler from the DRC Call Company to talk calls, to talk uh, turkeys, to talk gardens and you know when you have a conversation with a guy like Corey you never really know where it's gonna go so who knows what we're gonna talk about here today uh Corey Loeffler how's it going man hey it's going pretty good how are you not too bad thanks for being on the show it's kind of a weird time right now so uh I I like to keep things light and I like to keep things uh, kind of entertaining and keep people's minds off of everything else that's going on in the world. So you and I usually have some pretty interesting conversations that uh, <laughs> sometimes can bring levity to a, a world like this. Everything good up in your neck of the woods up there? Yeah, everything is great. Um, despite, you know, anything that's going on in mainstream media and anything that's going on in the Instagram or Twitter or Facebook feeds, it looks like a pretty gloomy world out there and we're in some pretty tough times but up here in the tundra the grass is growing the garden's growing puppies are growing and getting trained and we're shipping calls so i mean i live so far reserved from anywhere in the middle of you know where i live so uh no we don't see any of it um we're pretty pretty slow paced up here and that's the way i like it yeah same me too. That's where I'm at too. And the difference though between where you live and where I live seems to be turkeys. Like you seem to have a lot more turkeys than I do down here, which which seems strange when you think about northern Minnesota versus, you know, central or southern Minnesota. You'd think further south might have more turkeys and I don't know what the deal is around here right now, but you definitely have more turkeys up there than we do, it seems like. Yeah, the DNR uh, Minnesota DNR had reintroduced them into this area, and I don't know the data on when they did that. It was in the early 2000s sometime, and I can't even remember how many turkeys they uh, redistributed from the southeast part of the state. But they put uh, a bunch of turkeys down uh, probably about a 15-mile drive or so from my house and then Perfect. some v- other various locations. And that flock, I think they re- released maybe 100 of them back you know, 15 years ago or whatever it's been. And that flock has taken off. I wouldn't have a clue how many birds there are and they have spread out. I'm, I'm hearing about birds 40 or 50 miles north of where they were released and wow. uh, 15, 20 miles south of where they were released. So um, that flock has absolutely exploded. I go to church with half the people that the turkeys um, winter <laughs> in their yard. So basically uh, my, my church is, the the congregation is pretty much sick of turkeys because they deal with them all winter long. So for me to get permission to go uh, take some kids out there hunting is super easy. And everyone kind of tells me where, where they've been seeing them. And um, you know, those types of uh, that type of networking is well, it's pretty much about the best you can get, you know, it's a perfect scenario. So the stars aligned. We've got a good situation up here with the turkeys and permission and landowners and been family friends for pretty much forever. And so we we get after them pretty hard. And I I mean, I don't really even shoot turkeys myself. Doesn't do a whole lot for me. Um, I'm just way more happy seeing and helping someone else get one, especially that first bird or any youngsters 
first or second bird, uh, the excitement level is like, if you can crank it up to 11, that's what happens when those kids shoot their first turkey. I mean, it just gets cranked right up to 11. So um, that's where I find a lot of joy in it. I doesn't do a whole lot for me pulling the trigger. I love eating them, and I just love chasing them every single day. So whenever you want to come up, just swing up. We got turkey camp wide open. We got that flat top grill ready. and we'll, uh, <laughs> I may have to take yeah. you up on that because I, I, I didn't even buy a license this year. And, and partly I was kind of busy with some other things, but I, I did drive around and scout a little bit, and I just didn't see a lot of turkeys around here. And I've, I've seen more turkeys around here in years past, so I don't know if our numbers are just down or if they're smarter than me, which is probably the case. But uh, yep. you, you took a few people out that we know, and I want to talk about that, Sam Solholt, Max Barta. But you brought up taking kids out and it reminded me of a story we did gosh Corey was that five years ago four or five years ago uh which one the three-year-old oh yeah uh three or four <laughs> four my cousin can't remember uh, how yeah my you. cousin's little boy that was oh man he's shot a turkey every year since then really i, I think he's shot oh it's somewhere around five or six turkeys now and the kid kid can hardly pick up a 20 gauge. I mean, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a turkey hunting fool, but, uh, yeah, he shot one. I think I'm pretty sure he shot one opening weekend this year. Um, got another good bird. He was out with his grandpa and they called one in. So that was fun. I, that kid is less than 10 probably and has shot more turkeys than I have. <laughs> yeah, well, me too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, you maybe you and I combined. probably shot more. <laughs> could be. Uh, but uh so so how many kids do you try to take out every year? Any any kid that can go and is caught up with schoolwork and can um, get the morning off and usually it's father uh it's usually the dad comes with or a parent and uh we'll try find a, a morning that works a lot of times the weekends are pretty clogged up with a lot of people hunting especially this year with the covid stuff i saw oh man it seemed like 10 times as many turkey vehicles and turkey scouters around than i have in years past which is great uh, puts a lot more pressure on the birds that we're chasing so they're a little bit more educated earlier in the season but um, just to see that much activity out there, uh, experiencing and just getting outside, just living outside and away from Netflix and yeah. the computer and stuff. I, you know, I just love seeing that. So, um, but yeah, I don't know, well, I don't know how many youth, youth tags we filled this year. It was just like, who, who can go? Who's got a tag? I know where turkeys are at. Let's go. Let's hammer on it. So I got the theme. some numbers from this year. Uh, this isn't the whole season. It's through season D and, and might be through season E. I'm not quite sure what, where these numbers are. But uh, in Minnesota, 63,183 licenses sold so far this year versus 46,389 in all of last year. So wow. numbers numbers were definitely up, and that number will probably mm -hmm. grow a little bit once we get the get the final numbers. And I don't know, Corey, if you've seen me talk about the uh, the fishing license sales numbers as well, mm -hmm. but, but they're way up, especially that sixteen and seventeen year old figure was up like sixty nine percent this year. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that's great. And I think you're right. I think the 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 coronavirus situation, bringing kids out of school, it's given them more time to do other things. And how great is it to be able to take them? into the outdoor world. I mean, that's the the question we've been trying to figure out is how do we get kids more involved in the outdoors? And clearly it's a world pandemic. As I've, <laughs> as I've said before, take them, uh, take them out of school and 
because of a of a the coronavirus take them hunting and fishing yep <laughs> but uh so you, tell me about who some of the other guys you had um uh, max and sam up there it sounds like this year yeah so max barda a good buddy of mine from south dakota he had a free weekend and he was kind of on a one-man mission to go shoot a whole bunch of turkeys in a few different locations so he came up and we made pretty quick work of a bird found one and got in on it right away gosh i think he bought his i don't know he picked his license up at the gas station they were open about noon and i think by about 1 30 he had that one filled and <laughs> kind of the same story with sam sam soholt with that the public lands bus guy um maybe some of our viewers are familiar with sam but uh uh, yeah, same situation. He picked his license up on the way up here. He was coming from Fargo and bought his license right around noon and 2.30. The tags were punched already. I said, we, we were scouting and found a bird. And I said, well, there's one. That one's going to be pretty easy. Are you sure you want him? He said, oh, it's huge. Let's go. We got to go get him. <laughs> so I said, all right, let's go. Yeah. And 15 minutes later, he, he was flopping. So, uh, that was that was two pretty quick ones. They don't always happen quite that fast, and especially with the kids, um, I kind of don't prefer if the kids' hunts go that fast just because sure. they don't get to experience a whole lot. Um, but those guys are, are no strangers to a bunch of strutting turkeys. So when the kids have to work at it for a little while, that's uh, it's fun sitting back and kind of letting them um, kind of letting them paint their own picture as far as depends on kind of what the situation is with hunting but a lot of times this year if the kids were able to hunt easily by themselves you know without a ground blind um then we park them maybe behind a strutter decoy and then try and pull uh try get them into a position and pull some strutters in and a lot of times uh, turkeys are pretty territorial so they see another strutter strutting in their territory and they've got to come and investigate and one little buddy max who had a, a pretty cool youtube video from last year i don't know if you remember that one um young max he shot his first turkey last year he shot his second turkey this year and he had to lay in a muddy bean field behind that decoy <laughs> for an hour and a half it was early in the season there was still snow on the ground up here and he froze his butt off and shot shot his bird um it was very well deserved and he screamed and hooting holler hooting and hollering all the way back to the truck and uh, so that was that was fun and we had another young girl his neighbor she was with on the hunt as well as as long as well as his dad uh so there was four of us out there and um young girl that was for her first time turkey hunting so she got to see what it was all about and it was just awesome morning so congrats to little max on his second bird and i know they did the same thing with the turkey that Leah did. Um, Leah shot a bird. That's my daughter. And she made a pretty cool YouTube video on her cleaning it all by herself. I didn't help out with that at all. And uh, she cooked it as well because that was a project for school. Speaking of the, the Corona deal, she had a project for her home ec class where she had to make supper for the family. So she cooked up. She shot her supper. Um, she's probably the only kid in her class that went out and harvested her supper awesome. and then uh, proceeded to, to cook it up for us too and turned out excellent how so, old is she um she is she just turned 15 15 she was, yeah she's right. 14 when she shot it so can we show yeah. some of that video here yeah let's do it check it out 
Hey guys, it's Leah, and I got this really nice turkey this morning, and I'm going to show you how to debreast it, because we are having fried turkey strips tonight. All right, so now that we got our slabs of meat, I'm gonna wash them up and like get all those little feathers off of there, so come back, and we will cut them into strips. Leo's grocery shopping today. Turkey strips for supper. Well, that's pretty cool, man. When it comes to uh, wild game and wild game cooking, that's something you, you take a lot of pride in, isn't it? Yeah, we don't buy hardly any meat from the grocery store around here, so which is convenient because we live uh, about 20 minutes away from the closest grocery store. So, um, yeah, we stay away from the meat section and we just go shopping out in the woods. You know, ducks and geese, fish, turkeys venison a little bit of everything so and then you got that big garden in the back that i wanted to talk yep. to you about because i think that's olympic sized garden i think is what i <laughs> what i remember so the garden is it's drip tape fertigated or drip tape irrigated and i think we ran another line out there the other day so we're probably up to about 1600 linear feet of drip tape and the drip tape will kind of water like two rows basically so drip tape goes down the middle of two rows of plants so i mean 30 3000 feet of of plants out there basically Jeez. so better part of uh, a half mile worth of worth of plants out in the garden so um <laughs> how do you have time to do anything else i i don't even <laughs> put a whole lot of time into the garden uh i till it and my job is kind of making sure that it stays watered and making sure that the, the drip tape stays functioning. But my mom turns her sunroom in her house, um, basically turns it into a jungle from about March until we just put these plants in about two weeks ago. So, yeah, she she starts them all by seed, everything that, you know, you normally uh, where you put plants in the ground, tomatoes, broccoli, cab broccoli, cabbage. Um, that type peppers and stuff like that. So, um, she's, 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 uh, she turns it up to 11, uh, her gardening <laughs> thing. So she's watched more YouTube this year than she ever has in the past. Corona, you know, there's another, there's another Corona thing. So she's just watching YouTube and finding different ways to garden. So we were going to try some aquaponic stuff out this mm. year, out there this year with some, maybe some carp and some fish. And I, couldn't quite get it totally figured out with water delivery to the plants, but that is on, that's on my list. Um, so we're going to be, we have plans. I just don't know exactly how to execute them quite yet. So, but, uh, yeah, boy, I don't even, I wouldn't even be able to begin to, to tell you what the heck is out there. I can try. <laughs> um, we're picking asparagus right now, uh, love the asparagus. raspberries, yeah, raspberries are growing good. I know that. Um, strawberries, we added a new strawberry bed. And then the pepper stuff, green peppers, some hot ones, some jalapenos, a couple different varieties of tomatoes, watermelons, cabbage, broccoli, um, kohlrabi, potatoes, corn, peas, beans, parsley, cilantro, Pretty much everything. Um, probably, yeah, probably missed a few in there, but uh, we, yeah, we process, process all that stuff, freeze it some way, shape, or form. Our V8 juice is kind of legendary. If you have ever had one of our uh, V8 
just V8 juice in the morning or maybe a, a Bloody Mary Caesar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty <figured>. legendary. <laughs> Kelsey's that's Kelsey's uh, that's Kelsey's specialty right there. But um, my grandma's old V4, she calls it. Um, it's like V8, but there's only four vegetables instead of eight. So <laughs> V4, that's it's good stuff, though. It's uh, it's awesome. Super healthy. Um, so, so I'm pretty much doing my first garden this year just just because I haven't had space or or uh, lived at a place long enough to grow. And anyway, I've got corn, asparagus and broccoli. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I got. I got three things right. in there, Corey. Three. Yeah. Perfect. And half of it's corn and half of that corn's for me and the other half's for the deer I'm going to shoot this fall. Uh, what What's the first, when somebody says, Corey, you got a great garden, I want to do a garden. What's the first thing you tell them? You know, like, what's the first thing you, you like a tip that you give these people? Oh, a tip on gardening. Um, that drip tape stuff, if you have sandy soil or soil that, that you need, that you need to water quite a bit. That drip tape stuff with an automatic timer is, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Our garden gets watered for 45 minutes every night at, uh, I don't even know what time I set it at, like 4.30 in the afternoon, something like that. Gets watered for 45 minutes. It gets constant water just to the plants. That's it. So the, the weeds aren't getting any water. Only the plants get water. So that would be something to look up on the Internet. Um, YouTube mm. stuff has a bunch of information on that. But um, drip tape, just drip tape irrigation, basically. It's on the same lines as that soaker hose that a lot of people are familiar with. But um, it's a lot less expensive than that soaker hose. That's that can get fairly spendy, those things. And uh, the, the, uh, the drip rate isn't super constant with them. So, yeah, if we had to put... 1600 feet of soaker hose in the garden i think it'd be about five grand so the the drip tape is much more economical so we go that route i uh i have a sprinkler yeah that goes like this and then after a while it goes like this yep and then mine goes like this again after that okay and then like that all right. That's all you need. <laughs> sprinklers. It's custom. The reason we don't use them because we'd have to put so many sprinklers out there, and sprinklers are yeah. o- only about 50% efficient. Uh, the drip tape stuff is like 98% efficient, so we can grow a lot more plants with a lot less water, and then we don't have to water the whole entire garden because it is giant. And I don't have that many sprinklers, so <laughs> drip tape it is. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about a video you put out this spring. I think it was right around the beginning of April and, uh, cause obviously you're, you're a call maker. Mm-hmm. Um, some might even call you a wizard and, uh, you, you came out with a call this year. I've never seen anything like it before. <laughs> when, <laughs> when you, when you blow into it, it sounds like what a, day did I, what day did that video drop? Some like, right, right around the end, end of, of March or end of March, beginning or, of April. Yeah. Right in the, Let's just. I think it was the first part of April. I think. Uh, let's just play. Can we just play the video? Let's just play this yeah. video. What's up, Check guys? I've got a brand new product project I've been working on for a long time. Right here, short read goose call when you blow into it, and a hen mallard when you inhale into the call. So this way you get a goose call. This way you get a duck call. Two calls in one. Super excited about it. It's not released quite yet, but when it does. Jump on drccalls.com and get 25% discount with 
promo code four one twenty. Check it out. <laughs> Well, there, that's amazing. I don't know how, how you were able to do something like that. I mean, it's a, it's a engineering it just, marvel. It just came to me. I remember the day that video dropped. It was, it was first of April is when it was. Oh, first. I remember specifically. Yeah. The first of April. So, oh, oh we got, we got a lot of guys with that one. I got a lot of messages on Instagram, wondering how much they were, where they could buy them. <laughs> then I got a lot of nasty, nasty messages after I told them that it was just an April Fool's joke <laughs> and they had been had, uh, but good fun all around. Yeah, so sad. it was pretty, pretty harmless, pretty harmless little fun, but if any of Maybe these people have, have ever watched any of your videos, they probably should have understood what was happening. All right. Because, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I've seen one serious video that you've done, Corey. Let's be honest. Has there been a... Has, hmm. <laughs> which is all I right. did a, a Boss Shot Shells video um, this winter, spring. I think that was pretty serious. What I'm trying to, trying to remember. Well, let's can we play this one? Can yeah, we just play it? We'll play just play it. it. Check it out. We'll All right. right here. Boss Bismuth money bag filled up with three inch late season thumpers, three five duplex load, thirteen fifty feet per second. There's an ounce and a half of copper plated bismuth in here. We are shooting late season big <laughs> giant honkers these are the fattest most feathered up birds that you're gonna shoot all year these are the toughest birds right here we have the new vortex fury range finding binoculars that have a scan feature in them you hold the button down and it's gonna give you yardages all the time so Tristan's behind the binoculars right now I'm behind the shotgun and we're just he's just ripping out yardages to me we know the exact yardage of when I pulled the trigger where that bird was at we're gonna shoot the birds um, hopefully get a couple more and we are going to put a pattern board out in the field exactly where that bird was shot at the exact range so that you guys can see what this pattern looked like in a real hunting situation where that bird was shot it doesn't get any more real or live than this it's a little project we put together for you guys i'm corey loffler with the drc call company let's go have some fun All right, that goose was 25, 25 yards. We got 25.2 out there. So at that range, uh, you're definitely going to want to be pulling out in front of the geese and leading them enough. Uh, definitely just aiming for the head and neck with a pattern like that because you can see how many BBs you get on target if you're shooting those in the breast and that pretty much just there goes all your meat make sure you give them another one foot of lead or so send that pattern out here and they're not going to be able to slip through there at all um in the front pair 32. 30. all right that goose was 32 yards check it with the binos 32 yards exactly so i'm going to put one 
in the center of the old cardboard here. Let's go check that out. There's our pattern at 32 yards. Exactly, you can see the size of that goose and kind of relatively how many BBs were landing on target. Uh, it's like I said, center of the pattern's kind of right in this area. You can't squeeze a goose through that pattern at all without getting hit about 40 times. So that's some good stuff. Very humane. The guys over at Boss are great friends of mine and they make some, some really, really nice products. Uh, the best products that they can put inside of a shot shell for the price that they sell it at that's just uh, direct-to-consumer, available on the Boss Shot Shells website. That's the only place. No big box stores, so they don't have to pay any margins or markup uh, for those big box stores. So you get a lot better quality of shot um, for what you're paying out of pocket. And we just kind of wanted to show that um, natural real life decoy in action um honkers late season honkers coming into the decoys working and common ranges that we are shooting geese at and then what that pattern actually looks like at that range that exact same time that exact same day same gun everything uh as many constants as we we could provide and uh shot that pattern board and pretty much just showed what actually hit that bird and was it was it uh, ethical to take that shot? Was it not ethical? Um, the good and the bad, it was all shown right in that video. And uh, I think it, it turned out pretty well. It maybe was an eye-opener for, for some people. I know for us, um, yeah, it kind of was. It was it was neat looking at those pattern boards and um, seeing some of the patterns in the air before they actually hit the birds, too. We had a videographer, and we had a guy running the binoculars with the rangefinder in them. And then we had another guy with an awesome photographer, uh, Tanner Greenfield from, um, he is from Montana. He was taking photos and he, sh he got some pretty cool shots of the shot copper plated bismuth in the air before it hit the bird. So you could see what the pattern looked like right at or before impact. So had a great day in the field. The stars kind of aligned. It ended up turning out real cool and pretty, pretty neat little clip. And I was serious. <laughs> for one video one one time. one time well what do you got going on with drc calls right now Corey? Is well there? i just uh there we go uh there's a let's see there's a mountain dew colored psycho right there pull that out um so right now we're just kind of gearing up getting ready for some product releases um for this fall and i've got a special new release for you guys no one has seen this oh get out Not of here even not even my wife or my kids. Um, I dreamt this up. So this is the Short Drop XL. We released this call last year. It's kind of the Short Drop 2.0. It's got a much larger board out insert, so you're going to get a ton more volume out there. So the guys hunting lessers, anywhere that, that the guys are hunting lessers, I mean Saskatchewan down to Texas, uh, guys are chasing these lesser Canada geese cacklers if you will or cackling geese um they really find benefit in a short little call like this because it's super high pitched and i did one for the guys down in texas and we have got the lone star lesser edition Ooh. that short drop xl so um soon to be released i'm working on this call will have a metal band on it do i have a band here 
Uh, I don't, but it'll have a metal band, same as what this call has. It'll have that right there, and I'm working on the engravings for that. And then the engravings for the insert are done. So that baby's almost done, ready to be released. Um, and you can expect a Minnesota edition, probably Life Sentence and Psycho, to come out nice shortly thereafter so and i i'd assume that might be something we'd see at game fair but obviously with game fair being canceled this year that's not going to happen so right um just a lot more internet sales over the phone type stuff i'm assuming Mm -hmm. yeah social media marketing and uh, a lot more phone calls a lot more web traffic so we're we're geared up for it we can handle it and we're here to help you out so if you guys have any questions on any calls, whether you're a beginner or you're looking for something with some broken guts, if you're more advanced, give me a holler. Or that new Sandhill Crane call. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is a hidden gem in the turkey world. I found that out because our turkeys up here, like, they don't gobble when a crow flies over. They don't gobble when an owl <laughs> is hooting. But those Sandhill Cranes, I tell you what, like nine out of ten times, them Sandhill Cranes go off. Them turkeys are gobbling. So this was one of my favorite turkey really? calls this year right here, believe it or not. that I think that's got to be a first in the turkey world, isn't it? <laughs> It probably is. I've never heard anything like that before. I mean, uh, although and they're I'm, walking around together all the time. I mean, turkeys and cranes, like up here. Um, yeah, we we uh, this is the nesting area for the sandhill crane, and as well as turkeys because you know, they're non-migratory. So they're just walking around all over the place um, together. And sandhill cranes are spouting off, and turkeys are smacking their cheeks, and it's, it's pretty fun getting out there way before the the sunrise to hear the the marsh come alive pretty neat the sounds and especially that crane sound that's an unmistakable sound and i've i've talked to two different people in the last couple of days about crane noises about them being like dinosaurs you know (laughs) the prehistoric sound oh i totally agree it's so cool (laughs) and and obviously, we don't need to get into the, the populations that we have here in Minnesota. We've got the two different populations, the, uh, that uh, mid-continent population that, that does some breeding up in the northwestern part of Minnesota where you're at. And then there's that, that eastern population that comes over to the central part of the state. Well, that population, Corey, is growing, as you know. And where I'm at here in western Minnesota, we're a little bit outside that range. But for the last couple of years, there's been a breeding pair uh, literally right behind my house here. So oh, cool. it's, uh, it's, it is pretty neat. I got a big marsh back behind me. It's geese. There's actually some swans back there this year. And, um, yeah, man, I love that noise. I think they're cool birds. Hopefully we get a, a season statewide yeah. on, on those mm-hmm. birds here soon. Cause they're delicious. And, and uh, everyone needs to eat a sandhill crane right? once in their life. Gosh, you know, <sighs> can't go wrong. And I kind of got introduced to cranes through you, of course, and, and then eating the cranes. And I, I can't remember if it was you that told me to eat goose legs, too. I, I, it probably was. But, oh, man, I'll tell you what. I, in fact, I made a comment on a post on Facebook today on somebody else that posted something about goose legs. And I like the legs on a Canada goose more than I like the breast meat. Mm-hmm. I, I, yep. I, people don't, you know, people can't comprehend that the legs are going to taste so good on a Canada goose, Corey. Yeah. Uh, legs and thighs. Uh, my yeah. dogs love eating the legs i've got a pretty cool trick to feed the dogs a lot of the leg meat so uh, i give the legs to those guys as a snack quite often and then i save the thighs and the breasts Mm -hmm. so i usually go that route um and then the feet actually um 
the feet have not the leg bone itself, but just the foot has a lot of cartilage in it, a lot of glucose, glucosamine, chondroitin, um, good for their joints and bones and hips and stuff like that. So I feed the the feet to them quite often. How do you so, do, how do you do that? You just cut off a foot and throw it to them, and they just yeah. chew it up. And yeah, yep, that's how it happens. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they eat the whole thing though. It's not they just don't chew on it. They just eat a it. Just crunch. Fruit. <laughs> yeah, they just eat a goose foot. Just crunch away. Um, if your dog won't eat it, probably throw it on the grill for a while and cook it up a bit, and I bet you they will. A little so, S&P yeah. on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I wanted to bring up before we, – we got to run here, but I wanted to bring up dogs before we finish this interview because uh, that's something you've been doing a lot more lately is is working with dogs and, uh, and then in the summer uh, getting them all those fancy ribbons you got on the wall there, Corey. Yeah, you bet. Uh, so Rue signed up for a couple hunt tests right now. We're trying to qualify her for the master national that's mm. coming up in close to St. Cloud here in October. So she is working on a few more master passes to get her qualified for that. She's been, she spent a bunch of time down in Texas, um, getting tuned up and we're training every day around here. Um, we got Boone. He's just kicking it. He's just a hunting dog. Now he's titled out and everything that I want to title him in. So he's living the life of leisure. And uh, we've got a couple new puppies too, Bonnie and Tilly. Tilly is a good friend of yours. She's mm-hmm. down with mid-migration outfitters, Tony Crotty right now. And that's going to be his hunting dog this fall. So if you want to hunt with Tilly, who would be a Tony-owned, Corey-trained hunting dog you can book a hunt with tony crotty a good friend of this show and uh, see her progress and see how she's coming along but she'll be about one and a half or so this uh, hunting season so she's going to be a valuable asset to the goose field and uh, yeah we're just just chipping away training every day Uh, the covid thing has been huge for puppy sales we haven't had any Mm. puppies for sale um, ourselves, but I know a lot of people that were looking for dogs and bought dogs. So if you fall into that category and picked up a dog in the last few months of any shape or size or breed, I have a a very strong recommendation for you. Uh, as far as training goes, um, Bill Hillman has a lot of free stuff on YouTube and he has pretty much wrote the puppy training Bible, um, from dogs when they are seven weeks old to six months old. So if you have a dog right now, a new pup, just pick one up. Um, I strongly suggest checking out Bill Hillman on YouTube and looking up his puppy stuff because it is second to none. And then what I found a ton of success with after that six months, um, Tim Springer down by uh, Marine, Marine on the St. Croix, Northeast of the Twin Cities. He's got him and his wife, uh, Tim and Lauren Springer have dynamic retrievers and Tim's got a cool new product out there. It's the dynamic DIY program. And that's a do it yourself training thing where you get Tim one-on-one, uh, via phone calls, video text message, um, to help you out with training. So if you want to do the work yourself, but you're looking for help, uh, from a pro, that's a, a great program to check out too. If you are looking to get your dogs tuned up for the hunting season this fall. And that's what I use um, with Bonnie and Tilly. That's the exact same program that I've used. And with Rue as well, um, I use uh, the Hillman stuff till they're about six months old. 
awesome puppy stuff. Any any dog too. I mean, I'm talking Labrador retrievers, but if you've got a Great Dane or if you got a seven pound little fluff ball, I mean, it all works the same. It's all the same psychology. And that Bill Hillman stuff, I tell you what, if I could write the laws, I would say if you want a dog, you've got to watch Bill Hillman stuff hmm. before you get a dog. It is just, it's incredible. I mean, just perfect dog psychology and you want to, you want to start everything out right and have just a buddy um, that is just connected, you know, just just very well connected with its owner and very well socialized. Um, can't say enough about that that uh, that puppy training method. It's it's awesome. So, well, I've got a neighbor that's got some great Dane uh, puppies coming up for sale here. So maybe uh, you know, maybe I'll use a great Dane this year in a slew. <laughs> Yeah, why not? The the Bill Hillman method. All right, Corey, uh, people want to get your calls, find out more about what you're doing. Where can we find you across uh, the interwebs? Oh, come on over to drccalls.com. Corey Loeffler on Instagram, drccallco on Instagram, drccallco on Facebook. Oh, you just start searching any of that stuff and you'll run into me. And you want to get a hold of me? Give me a shout. I'll help you out. Whatever, whatever it is, gardening, dog training. Goose calling. <laughs> Give me a <laughs> cooking. Cooking. Very good. Corey, thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks. Now is the time to start thinking about chasing big walleyes on Devil's Lake. Get on the fish at Hay Bale Heights Campground and Resort. Hay Bale Heights makes it easy for you to make memories on legendary Devil's Lake with guided fishing and lodging packages. Or bring your own boat and rent one of their cabins on East Bay. Hay Bale Heights offers a private marina, fish cleaning station, and the opportunity to relax and enjoy your bucket list trip to Devil's Lake, North Dakota. To book your trip, visit haybaleheights.com. That's haybaleheights.com. Hey, anglers, looking for a destination where walleyes, fresh air, and fish fries are a way of life? Look no further than the famous waters of Lake of the Woods. From Badette and the Rainy River to the main lake up to the Northwest Angle. Here you'll enjoy the best walleye catch rate in the state. Maybe you'll pursue world-class sturgeon, pike, or muskies. Plus, you'll find lots of full-service resorts offering charter boats, delicious meals, and lots of Minnesota nice. Come experience the walleye capital of the world. Come experience Lake of the Woods. Catch the details at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. If Trophy Lake Trout and Monster Northern Pike are on your list this summer, book a trip to Tazan Lake Lodge in northwestern Saskatchewan. Everything from numbers to big fish. See pictures, videos, and more at TazanLake.com. This is quite the fishery. Our five-star chef will feed you well after a day of chasing giants on Tazan Lake. Dream come true. Get rates, dates, and more of what you can expect. It could be the best fish you ever had in your life. At TazanLake.com. That's TazanLake.com. Tazan Lake Lodge is a proud partner of Tourism Saskatchewan. 